fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. Around the world. This, This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Podcast. All right, we are ready to rock and roll. This is what I've got lined up for you in this week's show. Hi there, my name is Pat Shawforce. Pricing is so important for your company. How you can use pricing as a profit lever and drive unsurpassed business results. We'll also be talking about turning technology into readable, usable content. The average business owner or manager that you want to reach, they don't really care about technology. So how do we take tech news and make it interesting to them? I'll tell you later on in the show. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. There's a possibility that someone's going to get fired as a direct result of this podcast today. That's a scary thought, isn't it? I'm talking about technicians. Now, I know, let me give you that caveat. I know that recruiting and retaining technicians is hard work right now. It's going to be something that continues, I think, throughout 2023. But just because it's hard to find attract and retain talent doesn't mean that we should put up with bad talent. What I mean is technicians who have come in with the wrong attitude, who just don't bring their A game to work. Essentially, they're working against you. You know deep down who these people are. Don't say their name out loud, but if you were to think about someone right now, who's the weakest member of your team? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? If you were to ask the other technicians on your team, just maybe they would have the same name on their lips as well. And in fact, you could kind of test this with some senior members of your tech team, people that you trust not to go and tell anyone else that you've asked that question. If two or three of you who've worked together for a while all agree that there is someone who is not pulling their weight and it's because they haven't got the right attitude rather than anything else, then really that person has to go. There are actually a ton of tools available to help you figure out who should stay and who should go. And I've got one here, which is from the excellent book Traction by Gino Wickman. Now, there's a whole series of books in the Traction series. I've talked about them before on the podcast because they are wonderful books for helping you get a grip on the chaos within your MSP and you know setting yourself on a growth track for the future. It's a lot of work, but isn't that, a, isn't that the case for businesses anyway, that there's always a lot of work to be done. So one of the things in around about the middle of the book Traction, and Traction is the introductory book to the series, it's the one you should start with, that talks about something called the People Analyzer. Now, the People Analyzer allows you to score all of your people against the core values of the business. So what are core values? Well, something that they get you to do earlier in the book is to sit down and think, you know, what are the core values? When we're recruiting people, what are the core values we want to recruit them to? So typically for MSPs, that would be, you know, a deep desire to get the job done. Uh, it would be huge levels of customer service. It would be to genuinely care about someone's problem. It's to, you know, it's those kind of things. In fact, the, the easy way to find your core values for, for the business is actually to think about your own personal core values. What I tend to find is that the, the owner or the operator of the business, if they're 
owning and operating with passion, then they typically have a whole set of core values which become the business's core values. This is what makes each of our businesses so wonderfully different because they are reflections of us. They are not just, you know, a series of things that we've got out of a book. So if you could write down, and this is this is something you can reflect on during a long dog walk or over a coffee or a weekend away or something, what are the core values of the business? And you can check in with Traction if you want to do that exercise formally. Then you can put your people, you can kind of draw a grid and you can put your people down the left-hand side, literally list their names down the left-hand side and put the core values for your business across the top. And then you can go through and kind of give them a score uh, against each of these core values. Now, what they recommend in traction rather than a number score, they recommend like a plus or a minus score. So for example, if let's take, um, let's, let's imagine one of your core values was takes ownership of problems. You might have a member of your staff called Sally Jones, and you might think, oh, Sally, she's awesome. She always takes ownership of problems. So in, you know, where, where the, the value and Sally intersect, you put in a plus. And then you've got another member of your team called John Smith. And John Smith does not take ownership of problems whatsoever. So for him, you'd, you'd put the minus because he doesn't do that. But then you've got a third member of your team called George Wilson. And George kind of sometimes takes ownership of problems and sometimes doesn't. So for George, you would put a plus and a minus. And as I say, this is how they score it in the book Traction. You could probably think that think of a, an easier way to do it, but you, you get the principle of what we're trying to do here. Because what you want to be able to do is look at the grid when you finish scoring each of your staff according to each of your core values and ask yourself, why am I hanging on to John Smith? Because look, he's scored a negative. It's a no in all of these core values. There is no place for someone in your business like that. And this, this kind of allows you to identify the extreme outliers because you can see who your very best people are, but you probably know that anyway. You can see who your kind of B team players are, the people that are of average performance. And maybe those, are, you know, maybe they can improved or maybe you just look at them and think, right, we've, we've got to do some work on them. But it's the C team players. It's the worst ones, the bottom 20% of 20%. Those people have got to go. And this formally helps you to identify who those people are. It's worth doing that for all of your team and don't forget to do yourself in that as well because I think what happens especially if you've been an owner for a long time is we, we do go through sort of dips peaks and troughs as business owners we have times where we're utterly in love with our business and it doesn't matter what the issues and problems are we can cope with them and then we have other times where everything is just too much and our kind of like our own personal attitude just dips down maybe it's just worth you know scoring yourself to see how well you do against the core values of the business I guess another way of asking that is, would you fire yourself? Here's this week's Clever Idea. Now, talking about teams, I have a wonderful team. I've built them up slowly over a number of years. There's about nine, I think maybe 10 of us now within the business, the vast majority full-time. We've got a couple of part-timers as well, although everyone puts everything into the business. And I did do the exercise I was just telling you about. I did that in secret on my team. Sorry, team. But I did it, and everyone scored really, really high marks on that. And I wasn't surprised. I love my team. They are absolutely spot on. Of course, in our business, we have difficult jobs to do, just as you do within your MSP. And one of our most difficult jobs is taking things, technology things, and making them 
as relevant as they can be to ordinary people. You see, the main thing that we do, our main service is called the MSP Marketing Edge. We write, uh, well, we create a ton of marketing content for MSPs, but it's for them to use to target ordinary people, those ordinary business owners and managers that you want to reach. So we're kind of sitting in the middle between MSPs and ordinary people. And we have to write marketing content that's kind of about technology that MSPs like, that they they tick and say, yep, that's good. But it has to resonate with ordinary people. If it doesn't, then we've kind of missed the, you know, missed, got it wrong. Essentially, we've got it wrong. So we constantly are asking ourselves and challenging each other and saying, is this relevant to our target audience? Because our target audience is not MSPs. Things like I do like this podcast and our YouTube channel. Yeah, that's targeted at MSPs, but our actual content output is targeted at the people that you want to reach, at your prospects. And so this is actually quite a good mindset for us. We do this all the time, so it becomes not a difficult thing. But I know a lot of MSPs really struggle with that. And I think the secret to turning technology into something that's of interest to ordinary people is instead of looking at the features of something, to look at the benefits of it. In fact, that's actually the secret of much marketing content with whoever you're targeting is not to talk about the features of something, but to talk about the benefits. So let me give you a couple of examples. Let's talk about Teams. Now, I don't like Teams at all. Teams, Microsoft Teams. I really, it's, it's a distress call for me if I have to have a call with someone and it's on Teams. It's just not my thing. But I know many people do. You probably love it. And certainly uh, many ordinary people love it as well. But Teams is packed with features and things and bits and bobs. None of that is really of interest to ordinary people. What are the benefits of Teams? Well, the benefits are they can collaborate. They can communicate, they can work flexibly, they can work remotely, uh, they can send messages to each other, that they they can do a lot of these things. Did I just say they can send messages to each other? That's a feature. That's not a benefit. You see how difficult it is to get this right? Um, All of these things that they have within Teams, the big benefit is all of that is together in one software package. You can communicate and collaborate and work together on things without having to switch between 12 different applications. That's the big benefit of Teams. Teams. What about something like, um, let's take the cloud, the cloud, which ordinary people, they hear the word, they say the word, but they don't really know what it means. So we can't just tell them what the features of the cloud are, because it's boring. I don't even know what the features of the cloud are, but I can tell you what the benefits are. It's you can work anywhere, anytime, on anything, on any device. That's pretty much the benefit of the cloud. Someone write that down and trademark that. That's a, that's a great line, that one. But that's the benefit of the cloud. It opens up your business in a completely wow way. And, and you know, the, we know that there are businesses out there that haven't embraced the cloud or they do a little bit of cloud or they, they think they're doing cloud because they can access their email via the browser if they want to. You and I know that's not really the cloud. So truly, genuinely empowering a business for the cloud changes everything everything for that business. You know that, I know that, so let's sell them on the benefits of that. Let's take one more, uh, pass keys. You know, pass keys which is now starting to come in, maybe they'll replace the password, maybe they won't. What's the benefit of that? You never need to remember a password again. 
In fact, it's the same benefit for a password manager as it is for passkeys. You, you know, I'm assuming you know how passkeys works. Essentially, uh, you have to be close to your computer with your phone and um, uh, it sends like a, a thing to your phone and you use your, your face ID or your fingerprint. So essentially, it's using your phone to log you into the whatever it is you're trying to get into. You don't have to remember a password. That's, if you haven't read up on those, please do go and have a look at passkeys because I think they're going to be a very big part of our world in the years ahead. But as I say, you never need to... To remember a password again. That's how you sell them on the benefits and the concept of passkeys. It's exactly the same with the password manager. Mr. or Mrs. Client, let me put a password manager in for you and all of your team. You never need to remember a password again, apart from the master password, but we won't mention that. Uh, and the other benefit is Anytime any of your team leave you, you can instantly lock them out of all of their accounts at the push of a button. Can you see how talking about benefits is so huge? So when you're looking at content, uh, processing content, creating it, or indeed doing any marketing, the trick is always to look at it as your prospect looks at it. Don't think like a tech, think like an ordinary person and ask, what's the benefit of this? Paul's, Paul's blatant plug. A few minutes ago, I mentioned the MSP Marketing Edge. It is the marketing service if you are genuine and ambitious and ready to grow your MSP. We give you all the marketing strategy you need. We give you all of the marketing content you need. And me and my team are there literally day in, day out, holding your hands, supporting our members. We don't just do this group-wise either. We do one-to-one -one support. And all of this for the throwaway price of just £99 a month in the UK or $129 a month in the US. How can we do it at that price? Because we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of members. So all of those members adds up to volume and allows me to pay for all of my wonderful team to provide this great service to you. But here's the rub. We only provide this to one MSP per area. So if you go to mspmarketingedge.com, pop in your postcode or zip code or whatever code you've got wherever you live. We have various different sites for different countries and it will tell you if your area is available. If it is, you can start a 30-day free trial and if it's not, please do join the waiting list because now and again we do get people ending their service and we just talk to the people on the waiting list. There's no obligation to buy ever but go and have a look and see if your area is available or whether or not a competitor has beaten you to it. MSP Marketing Edge com the big big, big interview hi there my name is Pa Schofors and um, weird name I know uh, it makes perfect sense in my native Scandinavia and because of that and among other reasons I also go by the name the price whisper and pricing is what I do I help companies of all sizes globally um, to um, price right and stop leaving money on the table and thank you very much, Mr. Whisperer, for joining me on the show. Uh, pricing is such an emotional and evocative thing. I know not just for MSPs, but for all business owners. Now, you obviously are one of the experts on one of the big experts on pricing. What is it that makes getting the pricing right such an evocative thing? Oh, people are scared for raising prices. Um, you know, I, I talk to CEOs of, of smallish and mid-market companies day in and day out. And what I hear all the time is that if I just raise my price a tiny, tiny bit, um, everything is going to, I'm going to lose all my business. But of course, that's not the case, right? And, and in fact, um, pricing is so important for, 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 for several reasons. Um, a, 
pricing is actually the strongest message of benefits and quality. So if you're too low price, people won't buy because they they simply think that whatever product or service um, that 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 you're selling is not going to be any good. They 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 don't believe you're going to live up to your promises. Pricing is also so important because it has the highest leverage of profitability. It because it works on the top line. Because it works on the top line, it um, it affects profits the most, and that means that if you can increase your prices your profitability increases. If you can decrease your discount, your profitability increases with much more than if you can uh, reduce cost the same amount or um, or increase your sales volume the, the, the same amount. So, um, and profits are good. Profits is something that you use mm -hmm. to become more competitive, to, um, to develop new services, to market better, to market me more, to even hire better people. Yeah, you don't have to sell the concept of increasing profits to, to anyone listening to this podcast. That's very much a top of mind thing for us. Now, we're, we're going to come on to um, the, the process of getting your price right. But you said something very, you said two very interesting things there. You, you said that people are scared to put their prices up. And you also said that we link price or, or value perception with the price and the second yeah. you said that i thought of apple now i you know many msps think i'm crazy for being an apple fanboy but i am I've, i'm recording this on a mac i've got my iphone here my ipods my, it's not my ipod it's not 2005 paul my ipad is you know back down there i've got my apple watch i've we've got two apple tvs in the house uh, you know, the, the, there is virtually no Apple mainstream Apple product that, that I haven't bought. And each time I think, oh, that's expensive. But I know, I know it's, 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 it's going to last. I equate it with quality. In fact, my, my child does her schoolwork on a 10-year-old MacBook Air, which still works perfectly well. It's a bit slow, but it, it works perfectly well. And that was, I don't know, $1,000 10 years ago. Yep. And, and how, many, how many other laptops you know, can, can still be relied upon for day-to-day -day work after 10 years? Right. So I think we, we see that, and MSPs will see their own equivalent of that with the technology that they prefer buying. And yet we're still scared to put the prices up. So what, what's going on? Talk us through the emotions that, that, that happen to us as business owners when we fail to make the right decision. Well, it's, it's obviously it's fear and fear is very strong in, in uh, you know, anywhere you go. But the, the, uh, much of it has to do with um, that, that pricing is largely ignored in, um, in business um, education. You know, you, you spend you know, man month to learn about uh, strategy, man month to learn about, um, you know, cost and accounting and stuff like that. And, and then there is an afternoon about pricing, right? <laughs> and, and so that's one one point and, and, and the little that are being taught about pricing in business school, and most books about pricing are so theoretical and so academic that it, it's, it's absolutely useless. And a few years back, I was um, I was asked to review and comment on a on a um, article from the Harvard Business Review. Some uh, professor in marketing that had written it, and and he talked about these traditional demand curves. You know, you have price on the y-axis and and sales volume on the on on the x-axis, and and it's a straight line, right? The higher the the price, the lower the sales. And I said, you can't use them. I mean, these, these are just false because that's not reality. Mm -hmm. 
And 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 in the end, he's, he he sort of completely ignore what I said, because that is what academia does. You know, with the, these curves have been used for the last fifty years, and we're not going to change it only because you tell me something. You know, and and yeah. and and yet, you know, um, I'm sure many of us have had the same same experience that that you, that you go to you go to market with whatever price you go to market with. And and then you increase your price for reasons, and lo and behold, you see an increase in in sales volume too, right? <laughs> Those traditional um, demand curves doesn't tell you that. They also doesn't tell you that there's something called price walls, psychological price points where small price changes can make huge changes in sales volume and revenue, either positive or negative. Yeah. So one, one of the things that I've done a few times on this podcast in the last three years, and something I do with all the MSPs I work closely with is say, hey, put your prices up. So do it carefully for existing clients, because that needs to be done with, with thought and consideration. But for new clients, you, you should be, you know, every time you make a sale, in my mind, the price should go up. Because obviously yeah. the, the new client who's coming to talk to you, or the new prospect who's coming to talk to you today, doesn't know that the price went up yesterday. And I, you know, we, we, have, we have listeners all over the world in, in multiple different countries and the, the thing is that the price in the city I live in in the UK is not the right price for the city that you live in no. so you have to kind of p push the price up until you, you discover the ceiling mm -hmm. is that a good strategy or, or have I been getting that wrong um, it, it, it's a strategy um, first of all you, you can uh, increase prices to existing customers as well and in fact if you go to mm. my company's website you can download the guide uh, called the seven easy steps to to increase prices and keep your customers happier, right? <laughs> and there's a method that is basically uh, it's, it's about how you communicate um, both internally and externally, and and obviously preferably you should use your pricing based on uh, willingness to pay research, so, so you know to avoid these price walls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The problem with, with what you just said is that. Pricing power is something that comes from differentiation. And with pricing power, I mean that is the ability to increase prices, not lose sales volume or even gain sales volume. Now, that pricing power you get from differentiation. And unless you know what specific features, functions and benefits and so forth that, that leads to higher willingness to pay, um, you, you don't know, <laughs> and 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 therefore, um, as you just go to market with with um, with with the same sort of benefit statements that you've had for some time, um, you, you you know your your strategy of just increasing prices until you get um, um, pushback works. But it may be that using other yeah. Um, um, using other benefit statements will lead to higher, uh, you know, a higher price before you get the pushback. Or you may, you may find that there's another market vertical uh, among your clients that will accept higher prices than another market vertical and so forth, you know.
So can you give us a, a practical example of how that would work? And, and, and maybe, maybe as you said, the, the looking for the, for the niche uh, within, your, within your audience yep. of, of someone that's likely to pay more. So for example, would looking at a regulated audience such as lawyers be a, be a great place to look for, for someone that's willing to pay more money? Because obviously if they're regulated, the, the consequences of them having a cybersecurity attack is so much higher than it would be for an unregulated industry. Yeah, or, or it could be, um, uh, I mean, obviously uh, regulated like, like lawyers, or if you, if you, if you serve, um, the medical industry in some way, uh, there are lots of, lots of rules and, and, and regulations and security is really, really tight. Uh, and, and, uh, those are most likely to, uh, to be willing to pay higher prices if you as a vendor can provide that security that they, they require. Or another, uh, let me give you an example. We worked with a, with an MSP a few few years back, and um, they they were going to market as a commodity, you know, and they they said we can't hold prices; we have to discount to get any any business, you know. And and what we actually found was that they were at the time unique because they had developed a um, uh, a certain um, intellectual property on on how you integrate the, you know a data center with AWS. And, and their customers were willing to pay substantially higher uh, fees for that integration. And, and it, made them, uh, it made them differentiated. They were not longer a commodity. And, and they could reap um, much higher sales, much higher profits, and, and, um, and, and, and grow tremendously over the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Pierre, tell us a little bit more about your business, what you do. Mm -hmm. And also, I know you have a book, so tell us about your book. And earlier on in the interview, you mentioned a free guide. So tell us how we can get hold of that. My moniker, The Price Whisperer, the best way of finding me, finding my new book, finding my company, finding my YouTube channel is, is all to uh, um, do a Google search for The Price Whisperer. Um, and um, the book is, is all about... Um, Everything you need to know about pricing, really. Although I've just started on a on a second edition, so there's going to be a little bit more eventually. Um, the website has seven or so, six or seven guides uh, that you can download for free. There's also a, on the website a um, a masterclass in pricing. These are 19 video episodes with, um, again, just about everything there is to to know about pricing, and we we do sell that. Um, and it's nine hundred fifty dollars. Uh, but if you use, we have a coupon that you can use, which is fall twenty twenty two, and you'll get a twenty percent discount on the masterclass. It's not theory. This is this is not anything that comes out of academia. And in in fact, I think I should give give the audience a little bit of the backstory here. In that that I I ran companies, a couple of them in Europe, and several of them here in in the US. And we did experiments with pricing, and, and some of those experiments worked really well, like next quarter revenues are up 25%. Some were complete duds. And uh, what I had learned in business school uh, about pricing was so theoretical and so academic that it was useless information. And, and it's that process that I eventually developed uh, and started the company around that makes every pricing experiment a success. And, and that is to do um, willingness to pay research, which is done online. 
from where we can accurately measure what a market to our clients are willing to pay and then and then from that predict sales volume and revenue at different prices and identify price walls i love it thank you so much and i know you said to google it but just give us your website address oh uh you can do pricewhisper.me paul green's msp marketing podcast this week's recommended book hi everyone my name is george smith from augment the book i would recommend is it's your ship by michael abrashoff Uh, As a quick note, it is a military book about a U.S. admiral back in the 90s who takes over the worst ship in the Navy and within two years turns it around to be the best performing ship in the Navy. So some great examples of leadership, how to build a team, create culture and some great insights from uh, something uh, a little bit earlier in history. Coming Coming up next week. My name is Zach Kitchen, and I'm an MSP owner just like you. Can't wait to meet with you next week to talk to you about how I turned an 84-cent potato into an over $30,000 deal. Wherever you're listening to or watching this right now, please do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Get on top of next week's guest interview, we'll be talking about the three types of salesperson that you need within your business. And answering the question, can one human do all three sales jobs. We'll also be looking at your website and asking whether or not your navigation is in the right order. Now, if you want to dive into even more content about improving your MSP's marketing, go and have a look at our YouTube channel. We upload three new videos a week, all proper studio-based videos, very high quality. Mm. Uh, Just go to youtube.com slash MSP marketing. Join me next Tuesday and have a very profitable week in your MSP. Made in the UK. For MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP. MSP Marketing Podcast.